So I was, I was worshiping and uh, just thinking about the, the room and how big it is and, and just felt like the Lord was like, just always remember that there's a host of angels with you. And so I said, okay, Father, you want to manifest any tonight for us? That's been an ongoing prayer of mine. I will not stop knocking on that manifest the angel's door. I think we'd all be on our faces. That's kind of traditionally what has happened when the angels appear. Um, but I'd be curious to see what, what, how would we respond if the angels came into the room or an, an angel manifested powerfully to us. Uh, so tonight we're going to talk about obedience to the Lord. We're going to be looking at John 14 and 15. Uh, the main points, I'm just going to get right into it. The, the main points that I felt like God wanted us to, to hear tonight uh, is that our, our roots would be deep, would, be, would grow deeper into his heart of love for us. So last night, um, Paula had a little party and, and shared you know, with us the, just the, the, the DNA of this church being rooted in the love of God for us, the grace of God for us, and how everything that we do and say and believe should permeate through that filter of God's love for us, demonstrated on that cross. There's no greater love than that sacrifice that Jesus made for us. Of course, he demonstrates his love for us in, in millions of different ways as we song about the billions of stars in the sky that, that cry out that there is a God and we could go into creation. And, and, but, but that God wants us to have that rooted in us. So I felt like the Lord wanted us to, you know, really move from that. Again, we can't move from that place, of course, but that as we are more mature in our walk with the Lord, we, we no longer have to so much be like, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you really love me? I believe that really God wants us to be in a place of maturity where that is a given, that we have rooted that so deeply in our hearts that we're in that relationship with the loving God so that we can move forward. I consider Hannah asked me to to uh, bring her up a lot in the sermon so that she paid more attention. So uh, I, I believe I've rooted in both of my children's lives, all of my children's lives, that, that the, I love them. I make mistakes, but they know that I love them. And so there's not a question in their mind where they're like, huh, I wonder, like in bed, they're lying in bed and saying, I wonder if dad really does love us. Now, sometimes they may feel that, but, but it's just fleeting thoughts, I believe. It is with us in our lives that we should, if, if, if anyone in this room has a question about that, you really need to sit at the cross, I believe. They, just take the time to sit at the cross until you fully understand, as much as we can as humans, the depth and breadth of God's love for us. Okay, so that's the main point. I probably won't go back to that, but um, I, I feel like the Lord wants us to understand that our obedience to him, to his commands, is vital for the full life that God has for us and through us in eternity. So as we develop our relationship with the Lord, we understand that he absolutely gives us commands regularly in our lives to obey. A good father will tell his children what is good for them. Um, as my kids have grown up, they've understood these commands, and I've set these things in, in place in the home, and then as I've raised them to know the Lord, they're understanding the truths and commands of God. So it is with the Lord that we would understand that our good Father knows what's best for us. And so we would seek him and his commands, understanding that his commands are not oppressive. They're not meant to 
control us in the sense of, oh no, if I step out of line, like what's God gonna do? But it's more this freedom that God desires to give us because we obey him. And then also the freedom that God gives others through us as we obey his commands to love them and speak the words of truth into their lives. So God wants us to deeply understand in our hearts that our obedience to him is vital for the full life that he wants for us and through us and for eternity. Because some of the commands that we obey in, in God can bring a hardship upon ourselves. You know, for those not in this world, I, I listened to Paula's sermon and she was talking about how we're in the top five to seven percent. Um, some would argue in the top one percent of the world in regards to how much we have. The majority of this, of this country, there are, there are poor people in America, but the, the high percentage of Americans being at one percent. So it is in regards to the persecution. And may that, that may change in America, but, you know, the reality is, is our, our even if the obedience to God's command brings hardship in this world, it's nothing compared to the glory that awaits us. Um, thirdly, we need to know what to obey. And this seems so simple, like, of course, like, we need to know what to obey. But I believe there are a lot of Christians out there who really don't know the commands of God. They don't know what the scripture says in regards to how God desires for us to live. But then also, they have not developed the relationship with the Lord to the point where they're listening and obeying God in the moment-by-moment decisions in life. Okay, so we need to know what he, we need to know what he commands of us as, as a people, as married couples, as individuals, um, from the word for all believers, but then also as individuals, what is God specifically commanding of us in any given moment, any given time, what to say and what to do. So uh, fourthly, get help in obeying. Um, we can't obey in this isolated you know, world. Um, we, we need to understand that God is with us to help us to obey. Okay? He give, has given us his spirit to teach us and to give us power. So we can't obey as he desires for us to obey alone, right? We have the Holy Spirit in us, so we need, to, we need that. But also, we need to really reach out to the body and get help and obedience to the Lord. We're called, oh my gosh, I, I, I get tears well up in me because the, of the glory that God has shown me in regards to the unity of the church. I have not seen it out of depth. I mean, I've seen it, I saw it last night. I've seen it, I've seen it in glimpses, but the depth of unity that God desires for us in the church, the depth of love that he desires for us. So that, so that obedience actually becomes a part of, so, so my son's obedience becomes a part of my burden, right? And vice versa. So no one knows that God has commanded me to not make food an idol. So it's become a burden. When he sees me go for that second bowl of ice cream, he'll be like, Dad, and same with Hannah, Dad, Dad. And he helps me. It's become his burden. Otherwise, he'd be like, I don't care. Go, go do that. But when he understands that this is a command of God, and he's like, this is, this is not something to be trifled with. Like, your father, your good father is telling you to be, you know, controlling in what you eat. I'm going to embrace that burden with you and help you and spur you on so that you can have that full life, even if you don't have that second bowl of ice cream. Um, next, persevere in obedience. We really need to understand that God has called us to persevere, that we would not give up when we, when we failed for the thousandth time to obey God's command, that we would persevere. We wouldn't just say, ah, I'm done with that. I used to smoke cigarettes, and it took me over a decade as a Christian to actually give it up. And it was, a, it was a, but it was a matter of perseverance to the point where finally it, 
if something snag, and I can talk more about that, but there was a perseverance that God asked of God asks of us all in regards to obedience to him, that we wouldn't just, you know, say, I'm done with that command. I, I can't do it. It's been 10 years, even when we know it's of God. It's a command that he's given us. Uh, lastly, remembering that our obedience is ultimately about glorifying him. We don't want self-centered obedience. God calls us to obey him so that we, yes, we would be blessed for eternity, but ultimately it's so that people would see us and know our love for the Father, know that we're disciples of Jesus, and that we're filled with the Holy Spirit. So they would see and believe that there is a God that loves them and died for them, that they would engage in that relationship for eternity. So John chapter 14 Verse 21, and if you, you know, you might use a different translation than mine, uh, and, and just, just feel free to listen. Um, uh, oh, also, though, I would highly encourage you, if you do have a phone, if you do take notes, you know, when you listen to a sermon or when you're listening for the Lord, I encourage you to write down things that you might be prompted. I mean, you don't have to, but, but be, be open to God saying, you know, I want you to meditate on that more. I want you to look at that more. I, I found that, that consistently when I'm listening to other preachers, I, you know, something will stand out, one or two or three things, and, and I'll need to meditate on them more so that that becomes part of who I am. Or as I look it up, I might say, no, that's not true. I deny that. <laughs> but, but take the time. If something doesn't sit right with you, absolutely meditate on his word. And again, as I've said before, please confront me. I, I definitely do not want to speak anything that is not the truth of God Almighty. So as I was sitting, I was actually driving the car and just praying about this sermon. I felt like God wanted to speak this to us. I want to give you a greater understanding of the power of your words and actions. I do not command you to do and say things that are not eternally beneficial to you and to others. Remain in this aspect of my love for you. I want you to bear much fruit, fruit that will remain for eternity. Listen for my voice. Listen for my commands. Be excited to hear from me and what I have for you. So I love that. I, I was like, that's, that's perfect. That's so simple but so profound. If we meditate on the reality of our eternal significance and just the excitement that we have, that we have a God that's speaking to us consistently, trying to give us more and more and more life, that it comes through obedience, it's, it's a joy. It's such a joy. So John chapter 14, verse 21, whoever has my commands and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Verse 25, these things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring, you to, and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Jumping in 31, but I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. John chapter 15, verse 8, by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. 
As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you abide, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Verse 12, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. So God wants to settle in our hearts that he deeply loved us. He created us in the past. He deeply loves us now, and he will love us for eternity. So again, I can't, I can't emphasize enough, again, the DNA of this church, that everything that we do and say is rooted in his love. Uh, on, on one level, nothing can separate us from the love of God. And, and again, I think it was your sermon that you, where you said that, you know, God will never leave us or forsake us. He will never deny us. He will always love us. He's always, always loving us. Nothing can separate us from his love. I look at it as the sun shines upon us. And in Colorado, it's, it's actually, it manifests really powerfully because when you're in the sun, I'm outside a lot in my job. When you're in the sun, you feel that warmth on you. But as soon as you engage in the, in the shade, it gets freezing. Like I'll be walking homeowners around their homes and we'll be on one side of the home and I'll be like, can we just rush around to the other side? I'm just, I promise you the paint will be taken care of <laughs> to get to the sun. Well, it is, I believe it's a good analogy for as we, as we sin against God, that there is this, this cloud that comes in front of us and it, it hampers our ability to experience the fullness of his love. You know, if you think about smoking, like for me, is again, the smoking of the cigarettes, it's like when I would smoke cigarettes, I'd cough, I'd smell. It was not in the perfect, pleasing will of God. So, but what the great thing is, is that when we turn back, obviously that, that cloud goes away and the sun fully shines on us. But the, re- the reality that our, our experience of God's love is more full as we walk in the righteousness that he's called us to. Right? Be God. Jesus himself said, be holy as I am holy. Walk righteously. Seek my kingdom. Seek my righteousness first and watch what will happen in your life. Our obedience to God's command is vital for the full life God has for us. So I've been, I've been struggling financially a little bit. My kids know this. Uh, and, but this is a great testimony. So I'm going to share it. So <clears throat> recently... You know, I, I, was, I was just talking with the Lord and actually wrote it down as I, as I experienced it. I was, cha- I was challenging my belief of God's love for me. It was not a huge challenge, but, but you know, consistently in my life, the page, it's paycheck to paycheck. So thankfully, I just got a big paycheck. I got a bonus. I'm okay. But I was not like that a week ago as I'm preparing this sermon. So I commonly, when I'm questioning in any way God's love for me, I commonly go to the cross. I do this. I actively do this when I'm not experiencing his love. And, and I just visualize him on the cross, and I sit or stand before him, and I look into his eyes. Um, in that moment, I was actually really close to the cross, like for some reason. God brought me there, so I'm looking straight up at him, maybe a foot from the cross. And, and I want him closer. Um, but I, I ste- so, so I don't know if you've ever done this before, but I, there, consistently he's too far away. And so I'm like, well, I'll just do a karate chop to the cross, and he'll fall, and he'll be right in front of me, okay? So, so picture that. So I'm in my, it's in my mind's eye, and I'm praying. I'm talking to the Lord, looking up, and I'm like, too far away. So I'm like, karate chop, take a step back. 
And I hear his gentle voice tell me that everything not done out of faith and love is sin. So he reminds me again that, that some of the challenges he gives us, if not all of them, is to develop our faith. If the only thing that pleases God is our faith, then he's, he's going to challenge that. He's going to test our faith so that we grow more solid in our faith. And if we're solid in one area of faith, but not in another, he's going to focus on that area where we're not strong and test that area. And it's a good testing. And, and if you embrace that truth and see how he commands us to walk into that place where we're not really faithful, maybe it's going up to strangers, maybe it's giving more money like Paula was talking about, buying less, you know, whatever it is that, that God is, wants us to understand deeply in our hearts that, that if it's not done out of faith and love, it's sin. But it was not in condemnation, which is so great about Jesus. Even on the cross, he's like speaking to me without condemnation. He speaks to us without condemnation because he was bringing to light a sin in my life, this fear and this frustration of not having the money in the bank account. So I went back to, in that moment, I went back to his lack of, seeming lack of provision, and he reminded me of how much I had in him. So I thanked him um, and, and went back to his, his lack of provision in my bank account. So he he reminded me, and this is, again, I think part of the reason why God wanted me to share this with you all is that if you're not in this type of intimacy with the Lord and this dialogue with the Lord, it is there for you. You know, I know Hannah has, has struggled with this, you know, where she says, you know, I, I want to know God's love. Like, you say that God loves me. You say that he's intimate. I haven't experienced it. And I said, well, it's because I believe that you're not believing that your thoughts are his thoughts and what you're experiencing in your heart are not, are not what he has put there. And so, you know, my encouragement to us all in this is that we would really believe that God is that intimate. So he gives us a command, and, and, and we might have a struggle with it, that we would go to the Lord and ask him to, be, to reveal to us the intimacy of that command. It's never just for the sake of the bang. So, again, let's go back to the cigarettes. It's not, it's, it's not just about, like, the fact that it's disgusting or that it's going to kill me. It really has to do with these two. This is one of the definitive factors, that as I pressed into the Lord and said, I don't know why I can't give it up. He's like, because you don't love your children. I'm like, why? Yes, I do. I've changed quite a few diapers, God. And he's like, yes, I know you love your children, but how much do you love them? Would you lay down your pack of cigarettes for them? Because I was smoking when they were very young. I'd go down to the basement, to the garage, and, you know, I wouldn't smoke a lot, but like five a day. They had no clue, of course. My point in this is that God desires that deep intimacy, right? The grace of intimacy with him, and he, he melds that together with his, the obedience to the commands that he gives us, that we'd actually be active. I totally disagree with that, that statement. We're just human beings, not doers. No. We are human beings, but we're absolutely human doers, even when we're sleeping. So back to that, that time I had with the Lord. He brought to my mind, after I thanked him, and I was like, yes, I have so much. But my bank account, <laughs> he, said, he said, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Now, as soon as that came to my mind, my flesh said, with a bit of a hearty heart, a haughty heart, see, like your word itself says that I seek you first and I should have money. And he's like, he didn't rebuke me in that lie that I was embracing. Because that scripture, if you know that scripture, is talking about food, drink, and clothing. Food, drink, clothing. I have plenty of food. I have plenty of clothing. And I have clean water to drink, which, you know, majority of the world doesn't have. 
right? But he, in his grace, he did not confront that. And, and as I reflect on it, you know, I was like, oh, God, thank you so much for not rebuking me in that moment because he wanted to get to something deeper. He said, his, um, he asked if I had sincerely been seeking his kingdom and righteousness first. So instead of focusing on the thing that was, I was believing was untrue about that scripture, he said, well, let me stop you. Are you truly seeking my kingdom and, and my righteousness? And the answer was no. It was a quick no. It's like, yes, in certain areas, but he had, he's brought to my mind different places I've been in disobedience to him. And so I said, no, Lord. And then I had this fear of legalism part of me rise up and say to the effect of, wait, you would not say, you, God, would not say that I am not receiving things because I've not been obeying you, would you? Because we hear a lot, there's a, there's a stream of, of the Christian faith where it would be like, God would never do that. He's so giving. Like, if just, just, you know, all you have to do is open your hands and he's going to give. When he clearly says in his word in John 15, verse 9, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. So, so the Lord, as we were dialoguing, was reminding me that, again, it wasn't about the command so much as the joy that he wants me to participate with the Lord. So all of us, it's the case. The, the commands, when we're living them out, naturally produce the, this joy because we're serving him. So our obedience to God's command is vital for the full life that God has for us and through us for eternity. And we, we absolutely need to know what to obey. I'm not going to spend much time on this, but he does tell us what a church looks like. What are the commands in the church? That we're all to serve in our gifts, that we're to be unified, that we're to humble ourselves under leadership, we're to be ordered in worship. Someone should interpret tongues if somebody speaks in tongues. I, I did pray about speaking in tongues, but I, I'm not going to do that today, Paul. <laughs> Unless, is there somebody that interprets? Guess who interprets tongues? Do you guys know? Lennis, yeah, that's right. So Lennis, she will literally sit there, and I'll, I'll be like, and I foolishly didn't, when I visited her on Thanksgiving, did not, because it's wild, like, without hesitation. And I'm like, I don't think she's lying, <laughs> but I've really never been around people who are, who are that kind of fluent in that way. It's, it's, it's remarkable. It's a, it's a gift of God. Um, so we need to know how to obey, what to obey in our, in the church, within, within our marriage, you know, in our marriage, in our family, as we engage with the world. And then again, personally in our lives. So another story on this note, um, in regards to, and this combines with this next part of obedience being difficult, often being difficult. So I'm standing on, I think it was Monday, and my bank account was low. I didn't know exactly what it was. And I'm standing there, and I'm feeling that I need to have, get food. <laughs> so it was lunchtime, but it was like around 2.30 or so. And I, and I have uh, shake stuff in my office, so I can always make a shake really easily. It's like, you know, I've got different, different parts, and I had a piece of fruit. But I felt like I was called to go to Subway. And so I just simply obeyed, went to Subway, ordered my food, got back to the table, was sitting down, and the Lord, I, well, the, so I, got a, I get on my phone an announcement from Wells Fargo that I have $25.74 in my bank account, right? And I took a picture of this, but on my phone, I also see the time, and it's 2.54, 
right? And I know, you know, this might not be as significant to you, but I didn't, it wasn't a coincidence that at that very moment that I got that announcement from Wells Fargo, it came up 250, like who eats lunch at 250, I mean, maybe some of you do, but I just thought it was a, a love kiss from God. And, and I was like, oh, you're so funny. You really know that I'm down in my bank account, I guess, <laughs> right? So then though, this gets better. So then this dude comes up to me, and he's got a walker, his name is Steven. And he's looking at the, uh, the ice chest full of things, and he just starts mumbling and talking to me. So I kind of look over, and I'm like, hi. And he goes, hi. And then he just starts going off. About, this, is what I'm, this is what's been going on in my life. This is all the, And it was grievous. And the flesh, right, was not in desiring to obey the Lord and listen. I was like, hey, I'm eating. Can you not tell? I like being alone, <laughs> which I do. But the spirit was saying, listen. Right? The command of God was listen to what he's saying with your heart of love that I've given you. Okay? So he gets to the end of it, and, and I almost didn't obey the Lord in terms of taking him to his home. So he, he gets to, he's hurting, his, he moved in with this guy, and it, takes him, it took him 40 minutes to walk there, and it was injurious because he's got this temporary hip. And so I said, Can I give you a ride? And he's like, Oh, please, that would be awesome. So Wednesday, he calls me and gets a ride to the grocery store for me because I work up the road from him, right? Now we're seeing the obedience to God's commands bearing the much fruit. This guy goes into this story about, you know, he's, he's been sober for a year. His girlfriend kicked him out. He, he, the first day that I, when I dropped him off, I'm always looking for the opportunity to pray, you know, to release, you know, God's power upon a person. He has osteoarthritis. I said, can I pray for healing? He said, yes. And then I said, well, are you a believer? And he said, yes. So we, we, you know, we now have that huge thing in common. Um, you know, brought groceries, got to his house, went, went to coffee with him on Friday, and he's just like, Chip, thank you so much like, for being a friend. Because he, he lives up in Aurora and just going through a, a hard, hard time. And the, the point I'm trying to make in that is that God is constantly trying to, to bring us joy through our obedience to his commands. I mean, this guy is blessed, but I mean, I, I walk away from that like, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that I have to share the love of Christ with this guy. Simple obedience to grab a coffee with this guy and to talk with him about his life and to pray over him and to encourage him and tell him it's not going to be this way forever, that he has the glory awaiting him in heaven. In the meantime, you know, I was asking about his girlfriend and, and was she a believer or no? And well, maybe God is actually disciplining you. Maybe he doesn't want you with this woman that doesn't know him. And, and we talked to that. He was very humble and receptive to, to the truth because it was out of love. We shouldn't be afraid to bring God's commands to not be equally yoked, to not do these things into a person's life when we find out they're believers because it's the best thing for him. You guys still with me? You with me? Praise the Lord. Praise in the Lord. So I had another command that was difficult that I had to tell a friend, actually, I'm going to a party tonight, and I had to tell this dude, friend of mine, I'm like, I'm not going to this party if you're going to be drinking. And I said, hey, I love you, and, but I'm with my kids, and they're aware of kind of some of the stuff that you've been doing, and so I'll love you regardless, but I think in the Lord you, you should stop, and, and I'm not going to be there if you're going to, so just let me know. Okay, it was difficult, though, you know. Um, Hannah and I were on the way back from a basketball game recently, and I had a small, or sorry, for a practice, and she was pressing me to go to the home, to our, to our home to get something, and it was her mother's night, and it was, it was, I was taking her home, but I had to run to a small group that I lead, and I, as I was listening to the Lord, she, I wanted to go there, 
but I had to get, but we went to the Lord and I felt that the Lord was like, no, do not. And at the same time, thankfully, Hannah got honor your father. <laughs> that was the command for her. But it was difficult. It was difficult because it was difficult for her even after God told her that to not be like, are you sure you can't just drop me off my, my you know, grab this stuff and obedience can be difficult, but it's, it brings us life every time. So practically speaking in regards to our need for help, and I'll make this simple. Um, we need to go to the Lord, obviously. Ask the Holy Spirit to give us wisdom and give us strength in regards to obedience to his commands. Bye, Jay. We love you. You're awesome. Um, ask him to give, us, give you strength to obey his commands. And then really practically tell others about your struggle. So, so there are people in this room, all of us probably, who struggle with certain commands that God has given us. Pursue people to, and tell them that you're struggling in this area, that they would pray for you, and that they would ask specifically about this in your life. Maybe next week, maybe the next day. Um, that they would give you wisdom as well. Ask for wisdom from them. So a guy has recently joined me on my team at Lennar. He's kind of on a disciplinary kind of trial basis. Um, and so he, he comes in the office and, and praise God, he knows, he knows Jesus, which is awesome, but it's, it's now going to fuel some more exhortation. So I didn't even know he's a Christian. He's smoking cigarettes. I kid you not. This is, this is part of the testimony. I love the Lord and how he works these things out. Um, so he's smoking. And I said, you know, you really shouldn't be doing that because it causes you to die. <laughs> right? And I love him enough. I don't know him, but I love enough to be like, I think you know that, right? And he goes, yeah, I've been struggling with this. And, 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 I, and so I confronted him in that. Then I find out he's a Christian, and now I'm able to pray for him. Now I'm able to, you know, really minister to him if he's receptive to it. So one of the next questions I'm going to ask him is, do you want me to hold you accountable to this? I've been through this. I stopped smoking. I went down to five a day. That dramatically helped me to then cut it off completely. All of you have overcome something in your life to the place where you're now in obedience in an area of your life. And Paula said this earlier, like, it's difficult to obey God until it's not in every area of our lives. God wants us to simply obey in, and be joyful in that because we trust him. And the more that we consistently obey in different areas, the more easy it becomes to obey him in some of the things that have had roots in our lives for many, many years whether it's our lack of a consistent quiet time, lack of meditating on his word, whatever the simple commands are. You have a question? Okay. Okay. Yep, and I haven't said that yet. That's a great point, Hannah. He has kids. He has many kids. He's got a wife. His wife actually smokes too, and she, she's actually resisting it. And it goes along with our point, so thank you for bringing that up. Like, he's not getting help from her. It's actually the opposite. She's like, not now, I'm not ready. That's her consistent answer. And he, when I said, does she have faith? He's like, yes. Like, almost like she, he was saying, she has more faith than I do. Right? So there's a perseverance that, that needs to happen in certain, you know, in, in certain areas of our lives. So don't stop don't stop persevering on behalf of others as they have sought you to obey commands in their own lives. Please don't. You know, I've asked you guys to pray for me around, around the food. 
please don't stop praying for me. You know, if you've had victory in that life, I, I praise God, I've found some victories in my life, um, but still it's a struggle. You know, and it's obviously not a huge thing in regards to some of the other sins that people can be, can be falling into, but any obedience and, you know, any obedience detracts from the full life that God has for me. And the thing for me, I believe, again, in regards to the, the consumption of food is, is in regards to these kids. But it's also more complex than that. Don't ever, again, don't ever belittle the fact that God is working this tapestry in our lives and that obedience can actually intertwine with others in the church. And I'll end with this testimony. So, and Chris, Chris came to this group that we have on Friday mornings and he entered into like, I mean, that was crazy, I think, because it's not usually like that. I mean, we're pretty intense people. Like, there's a Navy SEAL. There are two other guys, no, three other guys that are able shepherds that have been trained at, at a Navy SEAL level when it comes to shooting. So, and, so they're very disciplined men. And, uh, and so we're talking, and one of them shares that they're um, struggling with a decision that needs to be made in their family. And, and another guy says, you know what? And he, and he can't hear. He's not hearing clearly from the Lord, right? And so another guy in the group says, we need to, you need to fast. Like, there's a, a power that's released in fasting, okay? So in my mind, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Because there is, there is such a power released in fasting. It is set, in a lot of people's lives, that kind of habit is, is never engaged in even though the scripture is pretty clear about you know fasting being a practice in our lives that can benefit us greatly in regards to our relationship with the lord in regards to releasing his blessings in the lives of others and so little did any of them know god impressed him on my heart around my food consumption and about fasting so i used to fast weekly for 30 plus hours you know i'd eat not eat dinner and then I would eat, the next meal I would have would be the breakfast, you know, the day and a half after. And it would be not a, a huge issue. But recently, it's been like I'll eat at 9. I'll, I'll fast the day and kind of work through some of the issues, pray through some of this, the temptation. And, but then I'll break the fast at, at 9 or whatnot. Um, so we've, com- we've covenanted as a group to start fasting on Monday. And, and break the fast on our Friday morning group. So some people are fasting different things, but it's just really neat as we push into the Lord and say, I want to obey you in this personally, that, that God will work through other people. And I'm not saying this is all about me in any way, shape, or form. It's just awesome that his tapestry weaves together where other people are getting similar things from the Spirit in regards to breakthroughs in life. And and so persevere in that. Persevere. Don't let go. You know, get the wisdom from God and, and seek others to help you obey. And trust that when he says in the moment anything, you know, for you to do to, to just simply obey in that moment. Lastly, I just, wanted, I just wanted to talk about God's commandment in John 15, 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. And so, as we celebrate this Christmas holiday, this Christmas season, as we remember Jesus born in a manger, we would remember that it was an obedience to the Father, that out of obedience to God, God came down, Jesus came down, gave up his life for us, that we would be set free. And he, in like fashion, he says to us, no, we're not greater than our master. We're called to get on our knees 
and love others deeply, to take off their shoes, to get in the grime of their feet and their foot fungus and, and wash it. And, and don't belittle that command. It, it, in my opinion, and I have not flushed this through fully, but every other command falls in vain in that one. It falls under the vein of loving God and loving others. Obviously, the one vein of loving others falls under that main vein of God's love for us. So, Lord, we just thank you for this time we've had together to worship you in music, to worship you in fellowship, to worship you in your word. Your word sets us free. Thank you that obedience comes with promise of full joy and of eternal treasures and of eternal treasures for others. Lord, may we in this, in this season of Christmas remember that you laid your life down. You did not have to die for us. You did not have to come to this earth. But you did in obedience to the Father to bear the much fruit of our salvation here in this room for eternity. May we be reminded of that, Lord, as we seek your face, as we seek your commands for our lives, that we lay our lives down to love others deeply like you have loved us. Hallelujah.